linebackers for two spots. Uh, how do you envision that playing out? You see using all three at the same time at, at, a, uh, at times or what? There's a couple thoughts that are in there. One of them is it's, it's not only those three, but we really have a deep inside backer pool. I mean, all the guys, we have some, some talented players in there going beyond the first three. But if you're talking about the first three, uh, we could go to packages and we might go to packages where all three are on the field. Uh, but there's also, we play more snaps. And in the last two years, we've had more snaps defensively than anybody. So there's plenty to go around. And a rotational basis can also be used. And, and that's probably where we'll start. Yeah, it really does. You have uh, more flexibility when you have a guy like Kiko who really is an expert. You know, him covering tight ends is a great matchup because of his length. Uh, so, yeah, you have more flexibility with, uh, you know, like you said, not going into multiple packages. Is it fair to say that Kiko has more opportunity in base count situations and Michael has more opportunity in nickel situations because of his ability? Right now, in, in the beginning of training camp, it is Everybody's up for everything. D'Amico can win the starting nickel spot through competition, just like anybody can. There's not starters. We don't have depth charts. So right now in this beginning phase, it's all of you go compete for it, and then we'll, as we break down the preseason games and we get closer to the real game, then we'll start separating depth. We'll start separating packages. But right now, D'Amico's got every chance to be in the nickel like everybody else does in there is, is uh, Kiko or Michael. So why did you Corey Shepard you know, I, I got to address, we had to have somebody take the first practice snaps at nickel. Ja'Cory Shepard is simply competing like all other guys that are in there. He just had the first rack. You'll see him again in there today. We're kind of going on a two-day basis as far as who's in group one, group two, and group three. It's not the first team, second team, and third team. It's just groups that we practice in, and we are going to mix and match and move everybody around. And it's neat to have the ability from both the skill set from the players in the secondary and a football intelligence set uh, we've got multiple positions that can move around, both from a talented where, you know, a guy can play corner safety and nickel or corner and nickel or safety in, in corner, uh, and we'll move them around until we find the best fit. Well, Chip, Chip made a lot of them. you got uh, E.J. Biggers in there. You have Malcolm and Thurman that can both do it. You have uh, uh, Watkins. Uh, you got the young guys, uh, Rice and Evans. We've, we've worked. Everybody's going to get in there and get a look at it. Uh, Maxwell, not right now. Right now, Maxwell and Rowe and uh, Nolan will stay outside of the corner spot with Nolan jumping into some dime uh, when we go there. But right now, we won't put them in the uh, nickel, but they are being taught the nickel. Nolan was not a first-team player last year. What makes him a first-team player this year? I don't – early in the season, uh, Nolan has all the skill to set to start, and he did in Miami. And we're very happy with the – he had one of the best off-seasons I've been around. He really has from uh, every competition. I think he won uh, maybe every competition that we had in the off-season uh, to his technique that he's diving into. Uh, Nolan has been a starter in the NFL, and we viewed him as a starter last year. Early on, we kept trying to rotate, and he had some hamstring and different issues that, that kind of as we went along. I didn't get him in there enough, and I probably should have. That's on me. Uh, but we've got all the confidence in Nolan to compete for that other starting corner spot. And he is competing for it also. It's not handed to him because Boyk's not here. It's, it's one of those deals where we are in competition mode right now at all positions, and we're excited about Nolan. And, and he started a lot of ball games in the NFL at corner. for you, and, and what's that like from your perspective when you have one of your 
Yeah, well, you, you never want to lose anyone, and, and I'm a Boykin fan. I've always liked, you know, Brandon, and uh, I think he did a great job at Nickel for us. He's a pleasure to be around, and, um, you know, I worked and coached a lot, of, you know, with the Nichols the last two years, so, you know, I got to know him even probably better than some of the other positions. <laughs> but the, the competition and the depth, because it's, it's, it's become more uh, close, we, we have more depth, uh, when somebody comes asking for a trade and you have where you feel comfortable with the options that you have if that particular player leaves. Uh, it was a close enough gap that we felt it was a good move for both him and us and the Steelers. And it was like everybody won and uh, didn't want to lose them. I uh, didn't think we would. I mean, as of two days ago, we're, you know, everything's all the plans were to go forward. But Pittsburgh kept coming and coming and coming and asking for it. So I think it eventually happened. I do care about the depth, though. Aside from your top two guys, whatever, there's a lot of rookies in there. How do you know? You don't, but it's a. Uh, uh, it's still a uh, in the off season. You you get a good look at guys' movement skills, and I think in the secondary, it's easier to evaluate guys in shorts that apply to guys in pads. When you start evaluating the D line and the linebackers, that gets a little scary. That makes sense because you're not watching them with the contact. But when you're watching DBs move in space and cover, we didn't we weren't allowed to press like we would have liked to in the off season. But you still get a pretty good evaluation of secondary players. In the offseason, that's accurate to game day. You can have two new corners, a new safety, a new slot. Yeah. Uh, you drafted three D backs, Tyron's coming in. How do, you, how do you get that process of getting your secondary to play together when there's so many new components? I think one of the, the things that separate us, of all the NFL teams I've been with, uh, the Chip Kelly system, because it's a no huddle offensive system, means the volume of reps you get per practice are much higher. I've calculated two to three times higher per practice. With having all those off-season reps, which is way more than you get anywhere else, our backups and our younger guys get more and more, our new guys get more and more than if you were somewhere else. And it, there's nothing like a, a, a rep, a practice rep on the field to train somebody. You've got to keep doing and doing, and, and we covet mistakes. Come on and make your mistakes, guys. Don't be fearful of mistakes. Come make them because you'll learn from them. And I think all those off-season reps let the new guys and the young guys be better prepared to come out here and compete in the preseason and compete for a roster spot. You guys, you guys, you guys talk about Rams, you guys make drastic changes to the secondary. Do you feel like right now you guys are better off than the team that left at the end of last season? It's too early for me to make that statement because we still have the season. There's, there's the off-season where everybody in the world right now is happy with what they have and the, the changes they've made. And the reality of the NFL is until you start hitting Sundays for real, not the preseason games, and guys showing how they do in the heat of battle against the main quarterbacks and receivers, you don't know if you're better or worse. The first game against Atlanta will tell us our starting spot, particularly in the secondary, and then we'll move it from there. But I can't answer that question accurately right now. So you're really Good. Good. Yeah. We've always wanted to be a press team, and we always want to be a team that puts our hands on the opponent on the line of scrimmage and reroute and disrupt the rhythm and timing of an offense. We say that all the time. I think the biggest change that's happened this offseason is the technique and the emphasis on technique. Not that we're saying we're going to press more. We're just spending more time on the press technique and how we can get better at it than we were a year ago. And that was one of our big flaws is our press technique wasn't where it needed to be. Good. You know, I think what we're all struggling to understand is you had a known quality 
and quantity in Brandon Boykin. And now you've gone to an unknown. Why isn't Brandon Boykin on this roster? I think from an organizational standpoint, you make a decision, and we were all part of that decision. Uh, and Boykin did give us quality starting reps, like you just said. But the guys behind him and the guys that could replace him were close enough in, again, theory, because Boykin did it on Sundays. And now, Walter Thurman's done it on Sundays. Jenkins done it on Sundays. There's options there. Uh, Ja'Cory Shepard is not. Some of the younger guys have not. But there's enough options there to make it a good move for us as an organization to grab. You can understand that it's a difficult you know, thing to go from a guy like Boykin to a fourth round pick to Corey Shepard and say it's very close. It's more than Ja'Cory Shepard. It's Walter Thurman, it's Malcolm Jenkins, it's other veterans that can play in the nickel. I'm not putting Walter Thurman down there yet because he's got a new position at safety. So right now, I'll give the younger and other guys some nickel reps as we get closer to the season. If that's not looking like it's supposed to look, then Walter Thurman will get more. Malcolm Jenkins would get more. And if Thurman go down, would Eric Rowe go up to safety? Not right now. Not in our plans. He has the capability to do it, but as a young rookie, I'm not going to put that burden of learning on him right now. Right now, he's a corner. He's in the corner world. He's going to compete at corner, and that's his spot. No, I'm not. That's I, I'm a. I think Boykin came out. He competed. He. he I'm. It's no knock on Boykin at all. It's about. Um, it's a compliment to others. And again, it's not for sure. Obviously, it's not. We have to make decisions all the time and and hope that it's close enough and we're right. And sometimes you're proven right. Sometimes you're proven wrong. But no, it's not. Not at all. It's the learning part. We've got a lot of defense. And at the corner spot, and where we really we drafted him in that corner position, knowing that we could move him to safety as his career progressed if needed. But you can't say learn it all and really expect him to shine. As for instance, last year with Marcus Smith, I didn't want to move him inside, and it, it thwarts your growth. It also it's a it's a chance to get better. You have to take a step back to do that. Right now, we think it's a great opportunity for Eric to just focus on corner and go compete there. So, what kind of progress has Marcus Smith made? You know, he had half an offseason count. He was, he, he was out there some and out there not. He's taking big steps. So his, he came in there and, and looking great. He's in great shape, the best we've seen him look. Uh, his understanding of the scheme is at a whole other place. The rookie year is so hard, guys. You know, the, from the whole offseason after their college ends to the pressure of being a draft choice, the guys you see in the second year, they relax more. They're more themselves. They, they play smarter because they're not all nerved up. And, uh, and, and we're hoping to see all those things come through with Marcus in this training camp. Bill, you've been around a lot of head coaches. How does the way Chip interacts and relates to his players compared to other guys you've been around? It's outstanding. And I say that from all sincerity. He has got one of the most open-door policies of guys I've been around. And you can look at the guys I've been around and make your own assessments. Some of those guys had closed-door policies. He is wide open. Boykin, and you're talking about Boykin, but Boykin went in in the offseason had a long talk with Chip about his role, about outside corner, about nickel. Came into my office. We had great conversations with Brandon about all those things and I think Chip has one of the biggest open door policies for the players and that's the guys that are in the building that he really does it's uh it's really being portrayed outside different than it is inside because it really is a uh, uh, an easy to be around so why atmosphere you, so why, 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 why do you think this has happened and what 
do you make of the, the things that have been said by the three different guys? You know, I, I think every one of those three people need to answer their own question. I can't answer for any of those, those guys or what they're thinking or what would cause it. I'd be crazy to even to try to answer that. I can just answer from my view of being in 10 different organizations with all kind of different head coaches, scheme systems. And I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, this is a very great place for players. And we do more for players than anything I've ever been around. We do more for their conditioning, their body, their health, uh, their mental health, their growth in, in all parts of being a, a man and a player than anywhere I've been around. And you can just ask the players about how much we spend time on them, on their mindset, on their moods, on, on how their bodies are feeling, uh, their hydration, all of it. It's, uh, uh, I think it's a couple isolated guys, and they have to answer their own questions about that. Outside of the tournament, who else can play safety? Outside of what? Outside of Walter tournament, who else can, can, can play safety? All those guys that are competing in there. It really is. It's, uh, it's a stack. There's Malcolm, who really has played, and, and then there's Walter in a stack of guys competing. Now Walter's creeping up there, but all of them, nobody is saying, oh, man, he can't do it. It's who can do it the best is what we're looking at of the rest of the guys. And they're all going to be have their shot with the ones. And uh, the preseason will determine who fits that role. Yeah. In, in the second day, you, when you move somebody to a position they haven't played. And I was part of moving Antrell Roll from corner to safety in Arizona. And I've seen it happen in San Francisco. I had Michael Rumpf from Miami. We moved him in. It didn't work like Antrell worked, but what you look at with those players is how, how extensive is their football IQ and what kind of eyes do they have from a corner nickel position. And wouldn't long be around Walter to know he is extremely football intelligent and understands leverages and concepts and where his teammates are. And when you put him at safety a little bit and we were gonna just look at him, now I'm looking at not only where his eyes are, but the angles of breaks, how he breaks, his, his vision. If he has narrow vision, it's hard to play safety. If he has wide vision, you have more instincts. And Walter just kept checking off the box as we moved him. And it started with his football IQ and talking about corner and nickel play that made us move. Yes. I've got this beautiful view of hindsight right now <laughs> that when you're in the middle of it, you don't quite have it. And as it works out and plays out against what you kind of thought, you, you kind of say to yourself, well, I might have made a mistake there. And uh, at the end of the game, the Giants game, you know, Fletch wasn't on the field and we still had some issues. So we, we had to work through it and, and we make the best decision we can at the time watching every snap of practice 50 times over and maybe overanalyzed it. I don't know. It is. It is. You have to make those hard decisions and, and, and some most, hopefully most of them work out and you continue to have your job and if too many don't work out, then you don't. And that's, that's life in the NFL. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I've been missing you. Go ahead. Can you talk a little bit about how Jordan Hicks has been progressing? Jordan Hicks has got great instinct. It's neat to watch a rookie who has field vision and Jordan really jumped out so far as a young man and how his vision and instincts and awareness, uh, he still has a long way to go when he's, you know, he's an athletic young man, intelligent, works extremely hard in the, in the meeting room. So we're excited about Jordan's progress. An Achilles injury for a guy Nico's age can be a career killer, especially when it's the second one in five years. Have you been surprised?
surprised by how quickly he has come back from the second one? I, I, you know, knowing the man that is D'Amico, I'm not surprised because it is D'Amico, but I am surprised about an Achilles injury and how far along he is because he's that, he's that hard of a worker. Okay, thanks, thanks. Thank you.